Hey everybody, it's your favorite reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to episode number 13 of the one and only show, bringing you tips and tricks to working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry every Wednesday. Today's topic is, you're the bacon to my eggs. So grab your expert angle coffee mug and settle in. Three, two, one, off we go. Every year, traffic crashes claim the lives of over a million people and account for over $500 billion of injuries around the world. A small select group of people from police to attorneys to expert investigators are tasked with getting justice for the victims, protecting the rights of involved parties, and ensuring the story is told accurately and honestly. Unfortunately, we believe that is an impossible task without the right team of experts. If you agree, then keep on listening for actionable tips from leading experts across various industries that you can start taking today to elevate your professional game. If you disagree, then tune in anyway and let us convince you with our ideas. We are Eric Brown and Phil Rally, and this is Crash Tech, the expert angle. Welcome back to the show, guys. Crash Tech, the expert angle podcast is brought to you by Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. If you have an accident that you need answers for or you think the other side has it wrong, Crash Tech can help. Connect with us at www.crashtechreconstruction.com to submit your case for a free review. So, guys, this is a super special show today. I am... Really excited to, to uh, be on this one, not because Phil's back. That's actually, I think that makes the show a little sadder, but no, because we have a special guest today. We have Jessica Bacon with us and she is a lawyer or Jessica's been a lawyer for 14 years at Bevan and Associates. Has that been verified? That she's been a lawyer for 14 years or that you make the show sadder? <laughs> <laughs> the polls Sorry. are in. You do make the show sadder. <laughs> Daggone it. Yeah. I remember all the, uh, how I request people to send feedback. Yeah. It's been coming in. It's been coming. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, so Jessica has been a lawyer for 14 years at Bevan and Associates here in Northeast Ohio. Uh, she's also a magistrate in traffic court and she started out doing workers comp has moved over to product litigation. And then she took over the personal injury department at her firm. She's been named a super lawyers rising star and has litigated hundreds of cases with millions of dollars awarded in settlements. So we want to take a second to welcome her to the show. Jessica, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I no, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe it's I'm excited to be here. It's, is it because Phil's back? Of course, it's because Phil's back. Phil, I miss you. Good morning, Jessica. It's good to see you. I'm sorry know. you got to put up with it. Don't, I don't think we should have her on the show anymore. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Click, hang up. <laughs> so, no, so today's show is pretty cool. I'm actually really, really stoked about this one. So yeah. the, the, as the title alludes, you're the bacon to my eggs, right? Because they go so well together. And so I wanted to talk about, because Jessica is, is um, one of these lawyers that uses experts a lot, I feel like. I don't know, right? Would you say that you... Do you prefer do. to use experts? I do. Yeah. Hey, all right. And so I wanted to, to come on because there's a lot of lawyers, I think, that are either hesitant or have been burned by their experts or haven't had the best working relationships or just haven't found the right ones. And so I, I wanted to, to do a show where we could talk a little bit about um, your experience working with your experts, which, um, you know, Jessica's obviously used Crash Tech before, which is why I asked her to uh, come on the show. And uh, so maybe she can tell you some of the good experiences, Jessica, only the good, yeah. none of the bad. It's all good. It's like all good. the time I pushed you into traffic, leave that part out. <laughs> you just want me to understand what happened. 
And right. I'm, yeah. I was like, you want to know how pedestrian crashes happen? <laughs> Let me show you. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So now, um, so let me ask you, so have you had anything in, in your time now working on crashes that has stood out that you were like, okay, this is something that I really, really like to do when handling crashes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I am very hands-on with my clients, with all my cases. And I, my clients have my cell phone number. I get to know them. I sit at their kitchen table when I sign them up. And part of that is not just knowing them, but knowing their crash, knowing what happened. And I don't mean to say anything negative about law enforcement, but sometimes the police reports just don't tell a good story or sometimes an accurate story as to how the crash happened. Okay, so, wait, so I want to I ask you real quick, because me and Phil have talked about this and then TJ was on uh, previously and we talked a little bit about yeah. this with him. Do you ever feel like when you see an agency on uh, like that somebody's like, oh, so-and-so took my crash report, and, and you've worked enough crashes with that agency that you're like, oh man, this diagram might be completed in CRAN and it wouldn't yes. surprise you. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. As, as, as law enforcement, you're like, that's got, that's kind of a, that's kind of a shot in the gut that, uh, right. you know, we're, that we're that bad at taking right. a report, but it's the truth. We are. Yeah. Sometimes there's just not as much time put, put into them. Uh, sometimes if one side or the other goes to the hospital from the, from the scene, then they're just getting one side of the story and it, and it doesn't make sense when I talk to the clients, but because of that, I like to go to the scene. And when I was first getting started with personal injury, I would go to the scene myself and I would try to take pictures like with my flip phone and (laughs) Then I would get them and I said, I, I don't know what I'm looking at. You know, I saw something when I was there, but I, that doesn't come across in a photo. Um, so one of the first things, the first time I started working with Crash Tech, um, Eric, I contacted you and your first response to me was, well, can you meet me at the scene? Yeah. Uh, and it was close to my office and that's what we did. And that case was an entertaining one because I had, it was a pedestrian case. That's, the, had, that's to put it mildly. I if had guys, no, yeah. If you guys are, if you guys have a case that seems impossible, reach out to Jessica for uh, some advice. Cause she takes on and wins these right. impossible cases. Right. So I, I had someone injured and there was, it was pedestrian, but there was no car. Uh, there were no witnesses, but there were some toothpicks on the sidewalk that he said had been in his pocket. So that's, that's what you saw when we met at the scene. Yeah. Um, and, and a, and a little bit of blood on the curb, a little bit of blood on the curb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that's really all it, it took. And to me, that looks like nothing. And then you automatically were talking about the directions the car would have come from and where he had to have been standing when he was hit in order for the blood to be where it was for the toothpicks to be where they were. Um, all of these things. So that's extremely helpful. And we've had cases where um, as soon as I get to the scene and and meet you there within seconds, you're telling me, see that tire mark right there. That means that the car was hit, you know, on the, on the passenger side, 
or the car, you know, turned this way and landed here. So they couldn't have been where they said they were when they were hit. And, and I'm looking at things, trying to figure out where on the road we're talking about. And you're pointing out, you know, patterns from, from the tire marks instantly. And that's so helpful because then I get all the evidence, you know, the good and the bad. Yeah. And, and actually in the, uh, the criminal case we just, uh, looked at, um, plus two, I would say it's helpful because we went out to that scene and being able to show you where impact happened and, and, you know, where every, all the vehicles came to final rest, but then to also be able to see like the view obstruction because there was that hill crest. Mm-hmm. Right. right. I mean, so like, does that stuff help then when you're talking to your clients and, and things like that? And they yeah. say, you know, oh, I couldn't see the other car approaching. I mean, so does that help then being out at the scene and physically seeing it yourself? Like, oh, yeah, there's a hill crest like right there. And, and that one hit a semi. If you remember that semi came over the hill crest and we couldn't even see right. it approaching. Right. Yeah. No, you had me stand there and say, you know, how many seconds it's going to take. And, and that was a case where my client was making a left turn. And she claimed that, you know, that there was nothing coming. She waited for all the traffic to come and made her turn. And you were able to figure out this car was coming over the hill at a high rate of speed and that it was true. When she made her turn, there was nothing coming. Yeah. Uh, and the police report just said she turned in front of someone and she was cited, you know, but you know, yeah, being out there looking through that camera, I don't know what you call that. Super. <laughs> the, to- the total station. The total station. <laughs> yes. I'm revoking your expert yeah. or your, uh, your, your reconstruction <laughs> license. <laughs> right. Right. And people probably thought I was crazy because I'm standing there like in a dress and heels on the side of the road, uh, looking through this camera, but, right. <laughs> but that thing is accurate, like real yeah. accurate. You so, know? and that's, and that's so important. So coming out and seeing some of the tools that we use and some of the methodologies and, and what we do on the scene, I mean, does that then give you more confidence if like when, when you start talking with the insurance companies or the other side, uh, you know, and yeah. they say, well, is it possible that that gouge, you know, was, was four right. inches to the left and that actually puts your client in my guy's lane. Does the seeing how accurate the equipment is yeah. and, and how we use it and things like that, does that give you the confidence to be like, no, no, no. Yeah, for sure. It does for sure. And because, I'm at the scene and looking through that equipment. One, I'm seeing what I'm paying for in action and knowing that it's worth every penny to have that sort of clarity in the evidence. And also, I know that an insurance adjuster who's sitting behind their desk is only looking at the police report because they, they're not allowed the, the money to put out pre-suit um, and that's what allows us to get, you know, pre-suit settlements, because if we spend the money on the front end, we know it's coming back, you know, triple. Yeah. And so uh, let me ask you, because you and you and Phil, I think with with the Columbus case have probably had the most interesting case uh, <laughs> that I've yeah. really ever seen, uh, to put it mildly. And so like in that case there and, and Phil, me and you have talked about this with the stay in your lane. Right. And, and I think why it's so important to use an investigator that has on scene experience that has years and years and years going to crash scenes, live crash scenes, seeing what happened, talking to witnesses and everything else, not looking at photos and trying to do it later. Right. So I I don't know, Phil, I mean, with that Columbus case, how, 
Like how crucial was that having Jessica out there and being able to put your investigator cap on and say, well, look, I've, I've handled crashes just like this in, in my everyday career. I think it's extremely beneficial, but I'd like to go back before we get into that and kind of dig, uh, dig into Jessica's memory bank a little bit or thoughts. Why do you think it, <laughs> where attorneys are reluctant to use experts, do you think it's a, a situation where they've been burned in the past or heard of another attorney, maybe a friend or a colleague or whatnot, and because of their bad experience, they just disbelieve in the science and just say, nah, it doesn't exist. Uh, or you think it's just a not, they don't understand what it is. Because that kind of yeah. leads me to, the, to, the, to, to respond to Eric's question. Yeah, I, and I would say it's a, a, probably a combination uh, of both. I think more so, though, they haven't been burned by their own expert. They've just been burned by an expert on the other side. So they just get this negative opinion that the right. reconstructionists are only working for the defense side or only working for the insurance company or whoever you know was right. on the other side at that time. So they don't always understand that you guys are not biased. You know, you're not, I mean, I know that you're not just working for who pays you because there's been plenty of times where, you know, you've said, Jessica, this isn't, you know, this isn't a great one. This isn't going to fly. Well, actually, actually, I was going to ask that. So, and and this leads into the Columbus case of, is that beneficial too? So like me and Phil, you know, with, with crash tech, we work every facet of reconstruction. So we do personal injury. We, we work for the insurance companies. We work for criminal defense. We work for prosecutors. So there's, there's no side of this that we haven't touched. Right. And so when we go out to the scene, is, is that beneficial too? Do you think of, of being able to have that kind of defense mindset of like, you know, Hey, this might not be great because this is what the defense is probably going to say. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And still going back to to incorporating that with Phil's question, the fact that you guys, and I don't know if all reconstruction firms do this, I don't think so, but you guys do more than just reconstruct the scene. You know, with that Columbus case, Phil interviewed witnesses. Phil went out and found people at their houses, you know, and took, took statements from them tracked people down that did not want to be tracked down by phone and got them talking. And that was huge in putting this case back together and figuring out what happened. Um, You know, and in in that case there, um, I enjoyed having Jessica come out because, you know, we have our dialogue over the phone and, and we get the information or you tell me, you know, a little bit about what the case and so on. Um, but it's an, it's an opportunity to, when you're out there, things are going to pop up in your mind that we didn't talk about. And it's not that you didn't tell me it's, I didn't even think about telling me because at the time it didn't seem relevant when you're 200 miles away from a scene, you don't know what you don't know until you get to the scene and actually are are looking at it and going, ah, now I remember why this, you know, because when you first heard it, you may have thought that doesn't even make sense. But then when you see it, yeah. And then you can, you can, or or state that to your expert, you know, I mean, we shared a lot of information there when we were at the scene that we never talked about on the phone and it's because you got to see it and it's, you know, oh, now it makes sense. So now it may be relevant. So let's talk about it. 
Right. You know, I, I enjoy having ex or the attorneys come to the scene because at some point you're going to be talking about that with the other side. Sure. Or asking questions in deposition. And when you, you know, obviously the expert needs better have been to the scene and not just did a reconstruction from what's on paper and photos. You mean Google but, Maps um, is not acceptable? Google Street View is not like the acceptable way no. to do a scene view or visit? <laughs> no. And, and, to, and to be out there, especially in pedestrian crashes, because, you know, you go out, obviously everything that you see on paper in the photographs is, is, a, is a snapshot of a moment in time stand out on a five lane highway while cars are whizzing by you at 50 mile an hour. Not, not in the lane of traffic. It's a different perspective, (laughs) or at least it's a perspective that you as the attorney can appreciate because now you can kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together of, "Mm, yeah, I can see how this could happen or, you know, it makes sense now. Well, and, and not only that, but I would say, and, and this is a case that, that we didn't work um, with Jessica. So, I, but it, it kind of plays into this of, and I think, I think it was you that went out to that uh, a Mansfield crash straight lane, a highway car on the berm and yeah. all these cars were passing it. Right. And mm-hmm. so finally somebody comes along and rear ends the, the rear of this car and, and, you know, we have fatalities and everything else. That was and so I think those cases there, because the attorney didn't go to the scene. And so, you know, they're only looking at the police report. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it rough when we submit a bill and we're like, look, I, you have a loser of a case. Here's the bill. Sorry. You know, we investigated as best we could and they didn't get it when they just kept saying, you know, well, but, but my client's dead. And we're like, nobody else hit her. Right. And yeah. like, they didn't get that because that's all the defense would have had to say. It didn't matter what argument you would have brought up on the plaintiff side. The defense literally would have just sat on the stand and said, nobody else hit her. Nobody else hit her. Nobody else. Hit. And, and, and the attorney didn't get that. And I think there was a little bit of uh, resentment. Yeah. A little resentment that, that, you know, we put all the time into the recon and at the end of the day, we're like, look, this is what the defense is going to do. And you're going to lose. Like, well, and it just is what it is. And Jessica, let me ask you, but you know, and I think this actually goes both ways. I think it applies to the attorneys as much as it applies to the reconstructionist or the expert, whatever the situation is. But if, if, if all you do is look at the report, look at the statements and look at the photographs without going to the scene, it can inject into your mind a bias because you, you can't see it, feel it, taste it, smell it. And so on. Well, you probably shouldn't taste the roadway. If you do, uh, it's hard to tell. TJ said it tastes like chicken. I say, well, that's the tires, yeah, but the asphalt kind of tastes like tires, but yeah, yeah I mean, asphalt tastes like Play-Doh. I think, I don't know. <laughs> it, um, no, I, I think it, it, it creates bias in your mind because you're just, you are painting a men- your picture in your mind as you're reading this, but you got to remember that is from the author's point of view. It's not an objective point of view. Correct. So and- if the author painted a bad picture, you're just automatically going to think, eh, Right. So with with that Columbus case, um, you know, I got the police report in that case and it was so, somewhat thorough. And it, it the last paragraph of it, I mean, that was a fatality. But the last paragraph said that if she had survived, she would have been cited for a pedestrian in the roadway. So that's what we went in into this with. 
But after being at the scene and you showing me, you know, exactly where she was hit, where, you know, her purse ended up and or she ended up and and showing me that we were able to to discover that she didn't she wasn't just hit and and stayed there that she had been dragged for you know, a few, a few feet or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the van that hit her had taken off. So we were able to use, you know, video surveillance that we found at nearby business, which is another reason why people should go to the scene because sure. there's cameras everywhere that you don't, that you wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Um, we got that from like an auto body shop or something. Yeah. Um, but but knowing that and then having you go out and interview, I think it was the employer who owned the van right. um, and and they were not so forthcoming, you know, with us. But that just injected so much fear that, wait, maybe he did do something wrong. You know, maybe there was negligence on the part of that driver. And even though the police had said if she would have lived, she would have been cited. Um, and I had a denial of liability after your investigation and, you know, us putting everything together, I settled that case and got a hundred grand for her three-year-old son, yeah. you know, and that was one that looked to be dead in the water, you know, from the get-go, but yeah. it, it wasn't. You know, and, and I would say like, how helpful is it too? Because you get, you seem to get a lot of tough pedestrian cases. <laughs> um, and, in fact, we just have, we just got one. Um, but how, how helpful is it? Because like in this, in the new one, you just picked up, right. You actually have a lot of bad things going against your client. Like you got a crash report that has your client at fault and you've got in the crash report, the officer's like, look, we've been out multiple times with this guy for the same thing, you know, and everything else. And so when you initially called us about it, you, you, you know, your thought was, you're like, man, this is really bad. Right. So is it, is it helpful? Negative facts. Yeah. Negative facts. There you go. So um, is it helpful though, to have a good relationship with a reconstruction firm that you can send stuff to, um, you know, like I said, I mean, we've, I don't think we ever charge you for just that initial review no. uh, to look at it. And, and me and Phil both looked at it and I think we kind of brought some stuff to light of like, actually this, this really isn't that negative. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that one was helpful. I mean, you even went uh, with me, for one of the meetings with the client to ask him questions that I might not think to ask because from a, a legal standpoint, they don't matter, but from a reconstruction standpoint, you know, they're huge uh, right. about exactly where he was, which direction he was going, you know, things like that. So like that one, the, the pictures of his clothing, <laughs> right. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Stuff like that for sure. Um, you know, the police report says he was, he was wearing, you know, all black clothing, you know, it was at night. Uh, but you were able to point out, but yes, he was also standing under a street lamp and he's most visible in dark clothing. Yeah. So, so things like that. Um, and then, so I also wanted to pick your brain a little too on, because me and Phil on, on some of these previous shows have talked about setting a scope for your investigation and, and it's okay to change the scope and things like that. And you even had some cases now, like our, our Alliance case where you had, you know, you call and you're like, Hey, look, I've got a guy, this is, this is what happened. You know, you have a semi backing across the road and, and, and he collides with the trailer. And first thing I said to you in that was what, Hey, let's go out just do the download of the truck. And right. let's just see, because that, 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 um, 
evidence is going to come out at some point. Sure. Sure. Right. So my, my advice to you was let's get ahead of it and see what's in there. So we go out and it turns out your guys more than 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. And so I think initially you were hoping that he was at the speed limit. (laughs) It's nice. It's better. Yeah. So, but like in that case, I mean, was it damaging to switch the scope? Because in that one there, I was like, "Ah, you know what, Jessica, you got a little bit of a speed issue. So let's, let's just address it. Let's just get out ahead of it. Right. I mean, there's no point in shying away from it. Right. Um, But like, but let's, so let's shift the scope away from, can you guys do a speed analysis to, can you guys do like a contributing factor analysis, a time and distance, a visibility study, you know, things like that. Yeah. So in that one, um, we found out ahead because the other side actually asked to do the download. Um, and you just, we just did it first. Um, but I didn't tell. Right. Boots on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I knew that the speed was there. So not only did we have the speed, but his th- that particular client at the ER uh, said that he had dropped his phone and he was speeding and not paying attention. So, <laughs> so now we've got now the defense has two facts that they like. Um, but when we went out there, you showed me basically the the route or the path that the semi took based on. Mm-hmm where they were going. The semi had actually passed up the street they were supposed to turn down. So they turned into a parking lot, but instead of turning around to pull out forward, they decided to back out. Across both lanes. Yeah, there was no way. There was trees, there was a garage, all this stuff. And you showing me everything that truck driver could have done based on what he did really negated the the bad facts, you know, that we had, because at the end of the day, the truck driver had, you know, the last clear chance to avoid this crash. And you were able to show that even if the client had been going the speed limit and had been paying full attention, the crash would have still happened. And, And that's important to insurance company because then they see, well, okay, even if he had been doing everything right, it's still, it's still our insured that caused this crash. If he had been doing anything right, this doesn't happen. Right. And if our guy had been doing everything right, it still happens. You know? So, so that was huge. That was a zero to 56,000. And we didn't, that was pre-suit. I mean, that was a settlement. We didn't have to file on that. Um, I, I gave them your report and worked those arguments in and they came around. And in that one there too, there was uh, the tire marks for where the trailer was were uh, were under question. So that was oh, another thing right. too of of being able to yeah. go out to the scene and say, no, look, this is this is the tire marks. I don't know what their adjuster's looking at. Right. So they just had a photo of tire tracks, like a my old school flip phone photo. It looked like. Yeah. And <laughs> they were saying that that's my guy's truck's tire marks, showing that he had gone left of center. And you went out there and actually looked at the tire marks and took way better quality photos and, and we measurements show, yeah, <laughs> and measurements. And we were able to show them, no, it's not my guy's tires left of center. It's your guy's trailer, you know, yeah. in that lane that was crossing over the line because the tracks weren't even coming, you know, from the direction that the insurance company thought they were. Yeah. So I got to ask then, I mean, because I feel like there are a lot of attorneys that, 
when, as soon as they get that, that the negative facts, as you like to call them, um, at that point, they just, they, they either start to kind of panic or they, they don't want to call an expert because, you know, they're like, well, I already have negative facts in this case. So, you know what I mean? I'm just going to litigate the best offer I can and, and go. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, is it, is it beneficial then to, to kind of get, and again, it plays into it, not just investigators that have a degree and sat in a classroom mm. and saw some stage crashes, but call investigators that go to thousands of these scenes a year yeah. live while the, while the cars are still there, smoke's coming off the airbags, you know, bodies are being treated in, in the roadway by medics. You know, is it beneficial to call those kind of investigators and be like, Hey, go out and take a look at this. And, and I mean, what do you think? Is it worth the money? If all the facts were in our favor, then we, we wouldn't have jobs because the insurance companies would just make settlement offers to the clients before they have a chance to get an attorney. You know? So there's, if they're coming to us, it's because there's some facts not you know, in our favor. And it doesn't make any sense to just try to spin those facts because the insurance company knows it. And the insurance company is either going to lowball you so that you go away and if you just tell your client, look, this is the best we're going to get with these facts, then you're not a very good personal injury attorney because you're not doing the best for them. Yeah. But if you can take those negative facts and speak with you know you or Phil about it, and I mean, there's going to be times where you're going to say, yeah, I mean, that's a negative fact. But you know, here's some negative facts on the defense side, you know, yeah. and you help us create these arguments, you know, and, you know, you don't charge me to help me out and point things out to me, you know, at, at a scene, there's not an extra charge for that. Um, Now be careful because I think there are some expert firms that may charge extra for that. So make sure you're asking prior to, you know, right. Well, I mean, before you guys, the other firms that I worked with have never um, offered to have me come to, to the reconstruction or, or come to the scene. So, um, so I don't know how those firms, uh, charge, but, you know, getting, even if I did get a, you know, pay for a full reconstruction at the beginning, you guys are very cost effective with, with reconstructions. And if it's going to aid in a, a settlement without having the client have to go through a trial, then it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely worth it because the insurance companies are doing nothing. They're putting no costs forward. They're doing no investigations until it's a hundred percent certain that the case is going to trial, you know, and usually that's not until a month before trial. And by that time, there's nothing for those experts to look at. I mean, you're so far removed from the situation. Um, At that point, they're almost just relying on our evidence. Right. Right. So, Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and I would say, I mean, because you've had some cases where, you know, the thing about negative facts here, you know, you have a a pedestrian again (laughs) in all dark clothing standing in the travel lane of a roadway on the wrong side of the road where she's not supposed to be and, and gets struck by a vehicle coming down the road that is going the speed limit, maintaining their lane. And as soon as they saw the pedestrian, they got on their brakes I would say like that case there that, that we had, yeah. 
That one, I, I would say almost every attorney out there would be like, you know what? I'm just going to put an offer in to the insurance company and just whatever they give us. I'm gonna, if they give me 20 bucks, sweet. <laughs> so I think in that case, there would be no advantage to hiring an expert, but we actually gave you some comparative good arguments, I think. Yeah. So that was the Stark County uh, yeah. case recently. And um, yeah, everything you said, this uh, young girl, young mother, you know, standing in the road, having a d- debate with her significant other. Um, car comes across the other way and, and hits and kills her. And yeah, a lot of negative facts. But, you know, you were able to explain to me that the uh, vehicle that her significant other was was driving was parked, stopped in the roadway, um, had a lift kit, so was, the truck was higher, so his lights were actually blinding oncoming traffic. Um, so in a, in a roundabout way, it, it was his fault that uh, the person driving the other car that ultimately struck her could, couldn't see her. Um, and uh, I think there were some other facts with that that you had pointed out about, um, I don't know if it was about speed. There was something else with that one uh, on the other car. Um, I don't know, but at the end of the day, I mean, we ended up getting 75,000 pre-suit didn't have to file, just, you know, gave all my arguments to the insurance company and, you know, obviously we went back and forth on some things, but, you know, at the end of the day, the actual cause of the crash, I was able to argue was they're insured having, having brights on and being stopped you know, in the roadway. Yeah. With, with non-factory modifications to the truck and you know, everything else that, yeah. And, and actually in that one there, the, the, the other argument you were talking about with speed, I think this is where it comes down to fill, you know, thoughts on this of having an expert that does prosecution work. I think this is one of the benefits of me and Phil prosecuting criminal cases is our understanding of the law and the ORC. Now on no level, am I even, claiming that we interpret law or or, or know anything near what the attorneys know. Like that's not my claim, but at least having an understanding of it, because like in that case, you're right. You know, you had the oncoming vehicle that is being blinded and she's at the speed limit. But my argument was that, you know, if you can't see, if you're driving down the road and you're being blinded by oncoming headlights, is it reasonable and prudent to just barrel through there (laughs) And not reduce your speed. Right, right. That that's what it was exactly because the the settlement was a combination of two insurance policies, so yeah. both uh, paid on that. Phil, yeah. what are your thoughts here, man? I mean, <laughs> do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I have a few. Uh, and I think <laughs> I think the listeners ought to be proud. You know, I've sat back quietly today. Um, <laughs> That's because we hurt your feelings right off the rip. That's what I've learned. If I, if I hurt Phil's feelings right from the word go, he'll be quiet. (laughs) Um, so I've been sitting back listening to you two yammer on and, uh, no, and actually, uh, listening to you guys talking, it, it, it goes back to conversations we, you know, you and I've had numerous times that the facts the facts of the case are what they are, but when you have bad facts or damaging facts or whatever you want to label them as negative, negative, negative facts, negative facts. It, 
<laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> it opens up different doors and it's, it's, you take this fact, you know, your, your thought process may have been uh, the case I believe is headed this direction. And these are, you know, the, the circumstances. Um, so we need to address the elephant in the room in this situation, but what door does it open up for other circumstances? So if this uh, negative fact, and let's say it's speed, um, is a hurdle we're going to have to jump over. What other circumstance did speed create or what other circumstance played into that? So you can look at a plethora of, of uh, contributing circumstances that where that played into this. And as a result of this, it created this. And it's so, and you just keep adding links to the chain. Um, Just because you have a a weak link in a chain doesn't mean the chain still won't function. It's just, you got to keep going back on the links. And then at the end, how do all of those links play together and create the situation that erupted? Um. But oftentimes, I think we, a lot of experts will pigeonhole themselves with, you know, this and this happened. This was the cause. So, yep, you're, you know, you, you know, you, you're, you, you share the lion's portion of the, of the, the negligence. And, and that and it may not be the case. So sometimes I think it's just, if you've got a lazy expert, if you're fine with that, then, um, and that is what it is. But I think that goes back to coming out to the scene. Yeah. Um, you know, when you come out to the scene and you start thinking about all the links in the chain that you know about so far and start looking at those links at the and scene and moving your eyes around. Yep. What, what what other links are you discovering? How long is your chain getting at that point? Because it's important, but you just can't. I don't know. Eventually, you do have to stop and say, okay, this is what we've got. You know, you can't go all the way back to, okay, well, if you would have got out of bed and put both feet on the floor, then this crash would have never happened seven hours later. So you mean if a vehicle didn't come off the assembly line going 10,000 miles an hour, five years earlier. Yeah. Um, So Jessica, I do, I do want to ask you, and and we're actually up against our time limit here for the day. So I I want to ask though, my, my kind of final question to wrap everything up and guys, don't worry if you've enjoyed this show with Jessica, um, she's going to be back in a couple episodes. If you didn't enjoy it, um, then just pretend I didn't say that and tune in. maybe she'll be better next time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but so what do you thoughts, right? Because I think in, in a lot of cases where attorneys get presented these negative facts that they are tempted to just hire the, the liar, the liar for hire firm. Is it better to just say, you know what, man, this just doesn't look like a good case. I'm just going to hire this expert firm and pay them to say this. I'm going to literally type their report for them, send it to them, and I want them to type it on their letterhead. Is it better to go that route? Or do you think it's better to say, you know what, I'm going to take a, take a chance and I'm going to hire a firm that has a lot of experience of doing all the different sides of work. Um, and looking at things differently that are going to be, that are going to tell me the truth so I can get out in front of it, but then shift focus to another area of the crash. Yeah, that's super important to do that because the, the defense or the insurance companies, they take their two or three facts and they run with them the entire time from their first conversation with you until the jury is going back to deliberate. 
they they don't move outside the box. They they don't do anything. They take these facts. So when you guys come in, you know, you can't come in and make my client, you know, not speeding or my I don't know. Client. There are some reconstruction firms that we've seen do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you shouldn't. I mean, the facts are the facts, and that's why they're called facts. But you know, at the end of the day, you guys coming in, my client's still speeding or my client was still drunk or, or whatever. But that doesn't mean that they were at fault just because there's negative facts, just because they were intoxicated, just because they were walking in the middle of the road, just because they were speeding. It, it's still from a legal perspective does not mean that they were at fault, does not mean that they asked to be hit and killed in the middle of the road, you know. Um, so, and even we've had plenty where my clients were cited. I mean, everybody says they were at fault, but yeah. you know, we, we've gotten around that because at the end of the day, those negative facts are going to come out to a jury. But if I can, and I know, I think we'll talk about the litigation aspect in a later episode, but if I can have you guys, you know, in deposition or on the stand explaining to the jury, while those facts that have been put up on PowerPoints by the defense, they don't they don't matter. They, you know, they don't ultimately become the facts that caused the crash and they don't equal, you know, fault, you know, all the time. Yeah. The the difference you say that because that's exactly what Eric and I have been saying for a number of years now, you know, um, fault is, doesn't always equal cause, right? You know, I mean, you have, the, the, you know, the cause of the crash is one thing. The fault of the crash is another. Those are two yeah. entirely different arguments and different and different pieces of evidence. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. So I'm, I've got to ask then so we can uh, get everybody into work, because, again, I think we've hit another episode now where everybody's sitting in the parking lot in front of their law firms and uh, their, their bar- bosses are looking out the windows like, why is he sitting in his car still? It's because they're listening to this show. Um, but uh, so final thoughts, Phil, anything uh, or was that your final thought of cause and fault? Oh, I've got a lot of thoughts, but then their boss is going to be mad because they're going to be later. Keep so. it clean. <laughs> we'll just let them go to work today. <laughs> uh, Jessica, any final words of wisdom that you want to impart uh, upon some of the attorneys that are listening to this? Um, to help get them off on, on the right foot? Yeah, I would just say uh, work with experts that make you part of the process because the best way that you can explain your case to a jury or explain the crash and the positives and negatives to the client is by knowing and understanding it yourself. So work with a firm that invites you not just allows you, but invites you to come to the scene and do walk through it, you know, with you and really understand your arguments. And don't assume just because you have some negative facts that that, that there's nothing you can do. Um, you know, work with experts that are knowledgeable about the scene and the crashes and that have been there and that aren't willing to just be, you know, the liars for hire. Yeah. Right. I mean, because I, I, I would hope thought. that I would hope that you appreciate that when we just are honest with you and like, look, Jessica, this man, this is this is going to be a tough case. This is going right. to be a fight. Like, we're not going to bend the truth for you. We're not going to we're not going to lie. We're not going to be right. immoral. Um, but nor have I ever asked you to. Never. You've never. I mean, you you ask us, hey, look, go out, be honest, be truthful. And let me know, is this a, is this a rough case or is this a good case? 
Yeah, and I, and- there's been times that we've come back and we're like, this is a doozy. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. But we've been successful on those too. We we've have, never, yeah. we've never, we've got a winning record. It's right. I think so. I think we've won almost every, I think we have won every case that we've, yeah. we've gone up against. So yeah. you said you had, you, you thought up some thought, final though. thoughts. I do we don't care. You lost your chance. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I think it, it's, and this is a, my final thought, obviously. Um, if you do have that challenging case, make sure you're working with an expert and, and, and ask your expert, you know, do they have a lot of experience working that type of a case? You yeah. know, if you have a pedestrian case, because reconstructionists all have had training in working, you know, of a, you know, just a plethora of different type of cases. But how much experience does your expert you're consulting with have working pedestrian cases? Because that's going to become a very, very, very pivotal conversation at some point down the road. So if they've primarily always worked commercial motor vehicle crashes and they've worked two pedestrian cases, when you're looking at adding up a lot of um, uh, other contributing circumstances, that's really going to become pretty important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Argument. Yeah. Well, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for the day. As always, jump over to Facebook and make sure you follow and join Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Group. Also, if you want to leave us feedback, have an idea for a show, or would like to be on a future show, head over to crashtechexpertangle.podbean.com and click the link on the right that says contact the show. The form will come up. Put anything that you want right in there. If you want more information on expert consulting services or training, visit us online at www.crashtechreconstruction.com. And finally, if you're a PI attorney, make sure you request to join the Crash Site Facebook group. Or if you're a defense attorney, make sure you request to join the Crash Site Defense Facebook group. Neither site contains any ads or spam. It's just a private community that brings experts from all different areas together with attorneys to collaborate or ask questions. So again, guys, thanks for tuning in. And remember, always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day, everything we're doing is for them. 